I started hanging out with these beautiful Vietnamese women who were gorgeous and took good care of themselves. And they basically had men flocking to hang out with, to, to date them and buy them drinks and take them to dinner and spend time with them. And I, and I basically told them, I was like, so this is where it gets crazy. I was like, whatever. It's because you're Vietnamese and I'm American. I was like, you're little, you're beautiful, you're Vietnamese. Men love that. And they said, no, Anna, don't be stupid. It has nothing to do with that. We are feminine. We take care of ourselves. We do. We let men come to us. We don't pursue them. We dress well. We do our makeup. Anna, you're not doing any of that stuff. It's no wonder men don't want to be around you. And as harsh as those words were to hear, and literally, I can't believe I'm recording this right now, they were 100% right. Your lifelong passions, dreams, and aspirations. Your joys and creative spurs. Your femininity. Your success. All in one place. This is Girl Skill with your host, Anna Rova. All right, girlfriends, who is ready for another awesome episode of Girl Skill? I am. And uh, today I'm super excited because I'm talking to another Anna, or actually Anna, all the way from Oklahoma, who has become not only a fellow, you know, student and uh, businesswoman of coaching practice. So me and Anna, we get on a call every two weeks to talk about our coaching businesses and struggles and challenges and we celebrate successes. But also, we have become quite big girlfriends as well. And so it's an interesting episode because we have actually re-recorded this episode. And it's a funny story uh, because the first recording I've done with her maybe a couple of months ago um, was about her journey Um, and she has an amazingly incredible journey can you use these two words together I'm not sure but anyways like you know she was a digital nomad location dependent entrepreneur traveled all over the world um, you know has done basically we were on the same it's, it's actually really interesting like when we talk about this in the interview, we we're, we are on the same path. We've traveled the world. We love the freedom lifestyle. She was working on in online marketing, um, had her own business, you know, uh, consulting clients and online marketing. Then realized this is not for her. This is draining. Decided to settle down, and um, now she's a life and career coach that helps people build their own uh, businesses and find self fulfillment and happiness and joy. And not only like how similar is that journey to mind because I pretty much went through the same thing and we talk about this thing where how do you know that that is your passion and fulfillment and uh, we're also by the um, what is that profile well it's 16 personalities but I think it's based on the My Briggs test with both ENTJs um, which is like we talk about Steve Jobs is an ENTJ and uh, we have the same name so we're literally like you know two women they're so similar and we connect so well. But so what happened in this time period is that I've shared with her my um, views on femininity and womanhood. And, you know, she watched the webinar and everything. And she's just been deeply touched by the teachings and by the work that I'm doing and by the webinar and started applying all of this into her life and into her career relationships and everything. And she got back to me and said, you know, what? Oh, by the way, her journey also includes um, being sober. Um, and so she wrote this huge article about what being sober for a year and she was, wasn't an alcoholic. She just decided to quit drinking, like social drinking, and that had tremendous effects on her own lives and major transformation 
we talked about this in the other interview, but during this time, you know, she's really kind of transformed and we started talking more and more about this. And she's like, you know what? I think we should do another episode and re-record and really talk about femininity and womanhood and how, how this has changed my life. And I really want to share this with your audience, especially since she knew that I'm kind of pivoting and these are the conversations I want to have. And so we got together and um, here's the episode that, you know, you're going to hear next. Um, super excited to, to bring her on the show. And as I mentioned before, she's a life and career coach that really helps um, people you know, quit their jobs and find self-fulfillment, happiness and joy in um, starting their own businesses. And, you know, she, she was a digital nomad in Vietnam and all over the world. And as I told you before, started her marketing business and finally built a career as a coach. And, you know, uh, we talk a lot about how she stumbled upon femininity and what she actually learned from Vietnamese women and how she was this hardcore woman, totally in her masculine energy. Um, and we talk about surrender, uh, surrendering your power or the power you always thought you need and the strength that comes from taking the extra time to put on some lipstick and the joy that can be found in doing the work that feeds your feminine soul. Um, so I also talked to her about how does this influence her work and how her life has transformed while she's applied these teachings of womanhood and femininity. Um, so she actually shares with us what she's learned from about self-worth and femininity from Vietnamese women during Asia, Asia um, her time in Asia, and about the business and how all of this is basically fueled um, her work and releasing control and how different it is to live a life as a woman like this than to live a life that she's lived before. And I absolutely uh, resonate with that message as well. I'm deeply grateful to Anna for coming on. So stay until the end because Anna will also recommend six books to help you explore your self-worth, femininity, dating, and surrender. All right, enjoy. I'm going to call her my doppelganger. Enjoy this episode with my doppelganger on the other side of the world. <laughs> Girl skill. Female success. Redefined. So, Girl Skill listeners, I have a very special guest, super special guest with me today, Anna Wickham. And uh, she's uh, coming, well, coming online all the way from Oklahoma, like all the way through the internet um, <laughs> from Oklahoma. And... Uh, Super special episode because we're actually re-recording and uh, Anna and I not only, you know, are coming on the podcast, but we actually um, have become close in a couple of recent months and I'm very excited to bring her here, her story and her story of transformation actually into womanhood and femininity. So Anna, welcome to Girl Skill. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited what you're going to share with us. I think a lot of women really need to hear this and perhaps, um, you know, are on this journey themselves. So, um, and you know, you're, you're one of the guests that is um, trying this new kind of format with me where we really talk about the journey into womanhood and everything and how we apply it into our own lives. So thank you for being kind of the guinea pig of it all <laughs> and for volunteering. Sure. So let's get straight into it, Anna. So first, some icebreakers. Uh, what is your superpower? Probably efficiency. That's not fun or cool, but it's really effective in real normal life. I'm pretty efficient and good at getting things done, I guess. Okay, that's good. Yeah. If you had a tattoo, where and what would it be? 
Um, I always thought it would be cool to have a tattoo like behind your ear. So I'm obviously, I don't have a tattoo and I'm not really a tattoo person myself. So that's probably why it would be behind my ear. It's very <laughs> subtle, but it's still kind of cool because it's like a little secret. Yeah, I like that spot. Actually, I never thought about this. I was like, okay, next one would be on my foot or whatever. But behind mm. the ear, yeah, it gives you like a sense of mystery. And then obviously like people see it, right? Because it's behind your, yeah. I like that idea. Thank you. All right. Uh, what is the best gift you've ever been given? Probably. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. My boyfriend recently um, took me to Cancun for the first time. And that was an, an amazing gift. So I'll probably just say that one. Yeah, that's pretty special. Love it. And what is the best gift um, that you ha- you have given? Probably not anything that cool at all. <laughs> um, I'm really not. Gifts are not my strength. So I'm for. I'm like lucky to get good gifts in my life because mm-hmm. I just don't feel like I'm any good at giving them. So I don't know if I have an answer for that question. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, some people, you know, so, some people really love giving gifts. Like. I'm also not like, you know, I, I can't, I won't be able to spend a couple of hours just like, I don't know, putting lists together and figuring it all out. And, but occasionally, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I do that. Anyways. uh, Cool. No worries. Uh, Moving on. What's your favorite breakfast? Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with breakfast. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yeah. So what is it? Um, I just love traditional American breakfast, just like eggs and toast and bacon, something like that. Oh, I love an an omelet. So yeah, like a nice savory traditional American breakfast like that. Mm. What about you? Oh, um, yeah, I love American breakfast or like British breakfast, but I think Mm -hmm. I love, I have this, I don't know, perhaps it comes from like previous relationships. I love waking up in a hotel room and putting on like white robes and just sitting mm. on the bed and ordering breakfast. And uh, that would be my favorite thing. And then, of course, British or American breakfast with, you know, they have beans and like mm-hmm. uh, bacon and eggs. And, oh, that's the best. And then having it, having breakfast with your lover in the morning, it's like the best thing ever. And I'm happy mm-hmm. to be in Australia where, you know, it's such a big breakfast culture. It's like amazing. <laughs> So I'm very grateful. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Anna, who's one person dead or alive who you'd love to have dinner with? I don't know why, but I would love to have dinner with Steve Jobs. I've just become really fascinated with him lately ever since I realized that we're both ENTJs on Myers-Briggs. You know, the Myers-Briggs personality test. So I think yeah, I, am, I, started, I am an ENTJ as well. We never talked about this actually. What? Okay, yeah, we need to discuss this maybe another time because yes. I've lately become obsessed and I feel like he and I would have a lot to talk about. So. Yeah, for sure. Oh my God, Steve Jobs, yes. All right, uh, now we're going into some deeper questions. Uh, what is your biggest fear besides what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Okay, that's another... Uh, well, go we, we got to mention it. <laughs> Okay, well, I am having a wasp fiasco in my apartment right now, like kind of like an infestation of wasps. Like it, it sounds like there's like a hundred of them. There's only like two or three at a time, but that's two or three too many. I really hate wasps. Um, but my biggest so anything not breathing. So like um, drowning, 
tuberculosis, like cystic, like anything where you can't breathe. That terrifies me for some reason. Wow. Okay. And uh, yeah, Anna, have we, we talked with Anna about the wasp situation and uh, that inspired me to post stuff on Facebook and everything. And the, the main discussion was about letting your man, like, should you man up and, uh, you know, just deal with it all, like cockroaches and the bugs, being a girl and being scared, or should you just like ask for help? And so maybe uh, later we, we can talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. so funny. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, Anna. Who are you when no one is watching? Um, kind of eccentric. I don't know. Kind of neurotic. <laughs> That's the perfect word, neurotic. But literally, I'm like a neurotic mess. I'm do, I do much better than I used to, but I'm just like, who are we? Why are we here on this planet? What is like constantly? I'm just like, there's just too many things to think about in this world. So probably neurotic. <laughs> okay. And what would you do if nothing was required of you? Probably exactly what I do now. Mm. And which is what? Like talking to um, me? I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be good. No, I guess I mean in my life and career, uh, my, my, coaching, my coaching practice and... Um, and be with my boyfriend. I mean, literally, my, I just can't, I feel like, yeah, I can't imagine anything being different. I love my life. Mm, awesome. All right. Two questions I ask all women on the show, and I know you're going to love this one. Uh, what is femininity for you? Mm, yeah. Um, Femininity, okay, the word that comes to my mind today is surrender. And that's because I've been working on it a lot. I've been reading about that a lot. Um, And yeah, surrender and trust and and just being more than doing. I guess that's what I'm really focusing on in my femininity practice right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love that. We can talk more about this in in, in a little bit. And uh, do you consider yourself successful and why? Yes, I do consider myself successful. And the reason is because because of what I told you just a minute ago is that I wouldn't change. I died today. I would have lived a more full life than most people do when they're 80 or 90 years old. I mean, I've traveled all over the world. I've done everything I've ever wanted to do. Um, and I have no regrets. And that is, is my, that's what I'm most proud of in life. Mm. Ah, lovely. Okay. So Anna, please introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Yeah. Well, we're both named Anna, except I kind of pronounce it Anna. So Anna Rova, sorry. I, yeah, we have this conversation. So I'll just call you Anna if that's okay or Anna. <laughs> but anyway, um, okay. So I'm Anna, Anna Wickham, uh, AnnaWickham.com. And I am a, a life and career coach, but mostly I just help people quit their job and pursue their purpose. And if they don't know what that purpose is, I help them find it. So that's what I do professionally. And that's why we share about our coaching practices and kind of brainstorm business and life together. Mm, 
Yes, love it. Yeah, me and Anna have been uh, in, in deep in Anna and Anna. Oh my god! Like all Americans ask me this question, like what the hell is the difference? It's just, uh Anyways, but I but I understand it. it like it make it's literally it makes a difference, like a different name or something like that. But uh, me and Anna have been in, in deep discussions about coaching and like the business of coaching, but also like how to take people deeper and, and um, make a transformation, everything. And I love what you're doing with um, with your business, Anna, and helping people like realize, um, you know, have some paradigm shifts about their careers, about their jobs. And um, yeah, like how to live a life of purpose and love it, love it. So that's why you're here. Well, that you're here for many, many different reasons. But anyways, so what I want to start with you is let's start with the, with the juicy stuff. And um, so you've actually contacted me and you said, hey, um, why don't we like re-record our episode? Because previous episode, we talked about your journey and you have an amazing journey. Um, and that's what I think we got connected through some uh, local location-dependent entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, women's group. And I've always kind of, you know, I looked at you and um, from a distance and I always admired your journey. You know, you're a travel, traveler like me. You have a story of like being sober for, um, I don't know, are you still sober? Is almost it still three years. Yep. And almost three years in December. Yeah, almost three years and you've written about this and I've always admired your journey. And I know in your previous life, you were uh, an online marketer. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Like an entrepreneur, online marketer, kind of like me as well. We, we have very, very similar journeys besides our name and yeah. being an ENTJ. Oh my God, you're like my sister from another mother, like a soul sister or something. That, but, that is insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then you contacted me and I mean, you have a journey. I, I just love your journey and transformation. But when we talked about it, you said, hey, uh, why don't we talk about this whole femininity and womanhood thing? Because that was a new concept for you. And I don't know if I introduced you to that. Maybe you were familiar before. But tell me, tell me about this. So let's start with the big kind of realization or an aha moment or a paradigm shift you've had, I think, in the last, what, just a couple of months or in the last year. And once, once we talk about that, we'll, we'll go deeper. Yeah, so... Yeah, to kind of comment on what you said before, we had, mm-hmm. <laughs> me and Anna had recorded this entire episode on my journey and traveling and digital nomad and career. And I don't know, it just didn't feel aligned. Like it just didn't feel right to me. And I have a feeling it didn't feel right to you either. So I thought, you know what, let's have the conversation that both of us really want to have. And that's mm-hmm. why we're here mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Um, so I was originally introduced to femininity um, as when, let's see, I was living in Vietnam as a digital nomad and I was doing a lot of dating. So I was introduced to femininity's role in dating and it changed my life and attracted my amazing, handsome partner that I have now. And then I think I just kind of was like, okay, thank you. Um, Thank you, universe. Moving on with how life just always is. And I can, I want to kind of dive into more about that original exposure to femininity in 2015. But um, then in the last few months, I, so I had neglected to see femininity's role in not just my, my long-term relationship now, but also my career and my life. And basically what Anna does in her, what you do on it in your work is you know, women who are overwhelmed, overworked, resentful, um, stressed, 
Like that's where I was. And so your message of saying, hey, life doesn't have to be like this. Listen to what I have to say. That's what got me as I was like, yeah, that's me. Like I'm a workhorse. I like, I don't want to be like this. Save me from this. <laughs> and so that's when I started getting into your work. And it, it was really, it totally changed my perspective on my whole life. Wow. Amazing. Okay. So, all right. Obviously, we need to dig deeper. And thank you for the nice words. Like, you always give me all these compliments. And I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> That's but, true. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, like a lot of women think of like femininity or whatever. And I love what you're sharing with me because I think a lot of women get into this through dating. And I did myself, you know, my whole journey started with a breakup and like I needed to see men and date men and I didn't know anything about it. So I started researching men and dating and whatever. And I discovered the concept of polarity and blah, blah. So, um, but then you realize like once you start applying this into your relationships, you also kind of, well, depends, right? Like you kind of stopped and then got reintroduced to it a couple of years ago. Um, but it also applies to all the other areas of your life. And for me, it was kind of, oh my God, this is like a different way to live as a woman in a female body. You know, it's like a whole world that women just don't know about. And uh, this concept of a workhorse, I want to get to that. But okay, so tell me in 2015, when you were introduced to that in terms of dating, what was your realization then? Like, what, what did you learn and how did it help you? And did you meet your partner, uh, your boyfriend in Vietnam? I didn't know that. No, no. We met here in Oklahoma City um, okay. shortly after, about a month after I've moved back from Vietnam. Okay. So yeah. tell me, tell me, what did you learn in terms of dating about femininity? <laughs> okay. Well, this might be a little controversial, um, but, and also slightly embarrassing for me, but <laughs> so that's what I, we're uh, all about here. Controversial, slightly embarrassing. That's going to so, be a new tagline of girl skill. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So in 2015 and 14, I guess. So I was, I was super, um, feminist and I still consider myself a feminist, but, um, especially in dating, I was very like e egalitarian. Is that the right word? Like equal. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really believe in being pursued or having a man pursue me, even though that's what my mama taught me. I thought that is old fashioned and that doesn't apply today. And so I would approach men, ask out men. This was when I was living in the US before I moved to Asia. I moved to Asia for 14 months or so, then I moved back to the US. So, um, but anyway, it doesn't really matter where I was. I would like, whether I was in the US, then I moved to Vietnam and I would ask out men and I would pursue, or I would pursue men and then they would disappear. Like I could not, basically I couldn't get a boyfriend is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> and it was because I was approaching it like I approach my work. I'm an ENTJ. I'm a go-getter. I am like, like I told you, efficient. I'm like, let's do this thing. I don't have time for games. I don't have time to play hard to get. Like, do you want to date me or do you not want to date me? And that uh, approach did not work. So I became pretty resentful about that. And I thought that all mm -hmm. men sucked, but that was just because I was mad that no one would date me. And then what happened was, and this is where it gets a little controversial, is that I was in Vietnam at this, at this point. I was partying a lot and drinking a lot. And before I uh, became sober in <laughs> December, 2015. So I started hanging out with these beautiful Vietnamese women who were gorgeous and took good care of themselves. And they basically had men flocking 
to hang out with, to, to date them and buy them drinks and take them to dinner and spend time with them. And I, and I basically told them, I was like, so this is where it gets crazy. I was like, whatever. It's because you're Vietnamese and I'm American. <laughs> I was like, you're little, you're beautiful, you're Vietnamese. Men love that. And they said, no, Anna, don't be stupid. It has nothing to do with that. We are feminine. We take care of ourselves. We do. We let men come to us. We don't pursue them. We dress well. We do our makeup. Anna, you're not doing any of that stuff. It's no wonder men don't want to be around you. And as harsh as those words were to hear, and literally, I can't believe I'm recording this right now. <laughs> they were 100% right. And so I started taking after them. I started, I learned how to do my makeup better. I started buying better clothes and I started learning from them, I guess, how to actor on men. And let me tell you, by the end of, by a few months of learning from them, um, that I went to this event and it was like a business event. And I literally had men in a freaking single file line in line to talk to me. Wow. Whereas before I couldn't get anyone to give me the time of day. Mm. And what was it, what was it besides? So like, okay, there is, there's one part that is, um, you know, on the outside, obviously, like how you look, yeah, um, like the, the makeup, the dress, and how you take care of yourself and everything. Is there anything that you've learned that you have applied internally to like how you were behaving and how you were feeling around them? If you can share, I don't know, two, three things that you've learned. Oh, yeah, it's, it's all internal. So I was the same person when when guys wouldn't give me the time of day and guys were in a single file line talking to me, same person. Mm -hmm. I looked the same. I weighed the same, you know, I was the same. Um, So yeah, my external appearances looked different, but it's not about that. And that's what my Vietnamese girlfriends taught me was they, they were like, it's not about that. It's having pride in yourself and believing that you're worth it. You're worth the good makeup not the crappy makeup. You're worth the good clothes, not the crappy clothes. So it's not really a matter of what you look like. And every woman is beautiful, no matter what you look like, where you're from, what country you're from or whatever. um, You're beautiful because you're a woman. And so that doesn't really matter. Mm. So it's like that inner confidence, so to say. Oh, yeah. It's just feeling good about yourself as a woman and being like, Hell yeah. Like, I got a lot to offer. What are you going to bring to the table? Exactly. <laughs> How are you going to pursue me? Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, uh, because both of us lived in Asia, and I know a lot of women, um, like Western women, you know, I hear sometimes comments of like, oh, yeah, he's with his Thai girlfriend, or he's going to bring, like, you know, women, Western women look at Asian women, uh, especially, you know, because we, like all of these guys, the digital nomads, they're just, in love with I mean obviously there is like yellow fever or whatever because Asian women are exotic and I I I don't have a problem with that you know I'm and beautiful yes yes and I'm like hell yeah if I was a man I would love to be with an Asian woman at least for the experience you know but a lot of women are kind of resentful towards that and I've yes you know perhaps I also have this stereotype as well but I'm I was trying to really work hard on it and you know, what was really interesting is that Asian women by themselves have, and you know, this is not about race or nationality or whatever. This is just my right. personal observation. I think you would agree, Anna, that they are 
they are feminine and they are the surrendered wife, you know? And uh, I feel like men just don't get that almost at all in Western women. And as you said, all they see, well, not all, but the majority of women wear are still like like you wear, you know? It's like, all right, how are we going to do this? Egalitarian, homogeny, mm-hmm. 50-50, all of this. And of course, when they are with an Asian woman... Um, then like polarity happens, like literally polarity yes. happens because an Asian woman doesn't know how to be a man. <laughs> and so yes. this whole thing happens and it's, it's beautiful to watch. Like I've, you know, if anyone is traveling or just watch it, uh, watch the dynamic in the relationship because those women know what the hell they're doing. Uh, of course, there's like underlining currents there and but we, right. we, we're not going to go there, obviously. We're just talking right. about that. There's other stuff mm-hmm. going on. But what I noticed yeah. in the... And I was that woman before I met these amazing Vietnamese women who who taught me how wrong I was. I was that woman who, who was resentful about how much the men, the Western men I hung out with, mm-hmm. um, loved being around Asian women. It had nothing to do, in my opinion, about them being Asian. It was... These digital nomad men, these entrepreneurs tend to be quite masculine. And yeah. as we know about polarity, a masculine man wants to be with a feminine woman. The more masculine, he wants to be with a more feminine. And I think that was what was going on there. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you, as you said, they're very alpha, right? They're traveling, they're, they want to make money online and everything. But you, I think yeah. you can see it not only in, that, in those environments, but pretty much everywhere. And I was that girl who was always looking down on women who were like, oh my God, looking gorgeous and taking care of their makeup and nails and everything. And I remember when you watched my webinar, you were like, oh my God, I think I got to give myself permission or like you changed your view on um, taking care of yourself and be like, that's, I looked at this as unproductive. (laughs) That's what you told me. And then, yeah. yeah, can you share about that? With, with, with Yeah. So I always resented the fact that it takes me longer. And you know what? This is society. So when we talk about, shit's getting real now, when we talk about women and men and equal and blah, 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 it freaking takes me longer to get ready in the morning than it takes my boyfriend because I have more hair. I have to put on makeup. Like there's just like, it just innately takes me longer. And yet, you know, women's equality and all of that, like we still have to show up if we have jobs, we have to, which I work for myself, but if I had a job, I would have to show up at work the exact same time Mm -hmm. as a man. So like, I always resented that, but then I learned in your webinar, it's like, we're supposed to take more time to get ready. Like that is our feminine power is is our our makeup, feminine, you know, facial characteristics, our hair, our smell, smelling good, <laughs> all of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's that's exactly what I talk about, you know. And it's not only so. There's this aspect of obviously, and, you know, I I've interviewed a lot of women, and some women were like, oh, you know, we're like our society and culture and media is obsessed with looks, obsessed with looks. And like, let's not talk about that. This is all superficial, like whatever. I'm just going to wear boyfriend boyfriend jeans and like oversized, whatever, whatever, you know. And while like 
I'm curious what you think, Anna. While I agree that, yes, we are, we live in a, in a society and media world that is obsessed with, you know, diet culture and like fucking looking good all the time and blah, blah, blah. But I don't think we should and have to completely disregard that aspect of being a female because that's what makes us bloody different from men. And what I see today, even in fashion, you know, I go sometimes like online or whatever, or, or I enter all these stores and I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, I can't find anything that would accentuate my waist, for example, or like I want to show off my hips. And so, I mean, obviously there are women who are like way over the top with that stuff. <laughs> and then there are women who are like completely on a different spectrum. But like, I feel that, you know, the appearance is important. Like I can't, as a, as a feminine woman, I can't disregard that. Like that's a, such an important part of being a female and knowing how to, you know, I got into like fashion design. I am, I'm actually right now working with a stylist because I realized like I have no freaking idea what colors are suiting me and whatever. And of course there's a deeper inner world that's, you know, so the appearance is like how people perceive you, right? And And we know a woman who wears like a red dress or whatever, who has lipstick, like that can kill. <laughs> like literally, mm-hmm. you can see men just like either freezing or what. Like if we can do, I'm, I'm always asking this question, like if we can do this and use it to our own advantage, and of course there's ethics involved and everything, like why not? Why are we rejecting our natural feminine powers, you know? Yeah, Yeah. So a couple things here. One, we talk about society's expectations, society, blah, blah, blah. Uh, That's neither here nor there. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. No one can make you do anything. If you don't want to wear makeup, then don't wear makeup. If you don't want to wear feminine clothing, then don't wear feminine clothing. But, you know, uh, like appearance matters in this world. Like, I mean, they say that, you know, looking better, whether you're a woman or a man is makes you more likely to get a job. So like, yeah, if it's really that important to you, then don't wear makeup. No one is putting a gun to your head and making you do it. So don't do it if it upsets you so much. Um, But I'm telling you that that you're not going to feel good. You're not going to feel confident. And you're probably your career is going to suffer, whether I'm not saying that's right or not. um, And probably lots of areas of your life are going to suffer. Like, and that's maybe not, I don't know, but it's just like, don't act like it's okay. Like you can do whatever you want. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and let's talk about men, for example. I mean, you know, there's, I feel like there's this idea that, oh my God, women have to dress up and like wear makeup and like, what, what the hell is this? Everything's based on looks, but actually, actually it applies to men as well. You know, men who are conscious about how, I mean, looks are, I don't want to say everything, but first impression, no matter how non-judgmental you are, I mean, there is always a bias. You know, a man walks into the mm-hmm. room and he has a really nice suit. And I'm talking, let's talk about work and job interview, you know. Mm-hmm. He has a nice suit. He has a nice tie. His his shoes are polished. His hair is great. He's smelling good. That's mm-hmm. that's inner confidence building. Like, and who are you going to pick for a business meeting or whatever to talk to? Like the guy who's just kind of shabby or whatever, or the guy who just takes care of himself. And I, I feel like that's a basic human kind of um, thing to do. It doesn't have anything to do with, you know, whether you're a man or a woman. It's just taking care of yourself, being presentable. So people take you seriously. I mean, it is what it is. And I don't know if I actually want to live in a society where nobody freaking cares about <laughs> how they yeah. look. I mean, this basic psychology, it, it um, invokes trust. 
right? Like when you see there's something about when someone looks good, there's something about them being perhaps even like disciplined and organized and like you can trust that person, you know, if he can take care of himself, like he can take care of you and your business, perhaps. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a factor as well. Um, what, what are some other things you, you, you wanted to mention here? Um, no, nothing else, I don't think. <laughs> it's like, no, that's it. Okay, awesome. So let's talk about, okay, so we talked a little bit about dating and like the, 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 the mm -hmm. physical aspect. And you know what? Through my work and through, through my program and the femininity, I just let go of this idea, like what we talked about of like, you don't have to worry about this. And you're right. Like if you don't want to wear makeup, don't want to wear a skirt, like whatever, don't do that. But for mm -hmm. me personally, I think for Anna, Anna as well, in her life, like, I just find it fascinating. I'm like, you know, like I want to go to a, now I'm working with a stylist. Yeah. I want to go to a makeup course as well, because I, I think only recently I've kind of come to that makeup, like kind of a way to do makeup that I feel good at before, before, like I had no freaking clue. I don't think I have a clue still, but I want to go to like a makeup course. Yeah. So I can learn about the face and how to bring up my, my best features, for example, like hair is a, is, is a big thing as well. And so like fashion design, clothes, like I, I, I started loving this. I started being fascinated with creativity, with, you know, doing things with hands, with flowers, like decoration. And it just, and I think what happened is because I realized that I am a feminine essence woman when I stepped on this journey, fully accepted it. So I think that's the difference. There are women out there who are exactly what we talk about with you, Anna, but who just haven't realized it yet. And, and that's a journey, you know, like you got to kind of learn about this. And then when you step on it, you're like, oh my God, why have I been rejecting it? You know? Um, so let's talk about some other areas. So what happened when you came back, you know, you met your partner using your Vietnamese uh, women tips <laughs> about how to meet him and everything. And now tell me, tell me more, like what happened next in terms of, talk to me about the workhorse. Uh, and this is something, I don't know, have you heard me talk about the, the workhorse? Yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. Who do you think I learned that from? Of course you. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. tell me about that. Yeah. So actually my story colored in this, like from this perspective of my femininity journey, uh, my femininity journey is like a totally different story than the one I normally tell. And it's actually really like interesting because of the mistakes that I've made and the things that I've learned. So mm. I got into entrepreneurship in 2014 and I have been obsessed ever since and, you know, hope to always work for myself. But when I got started, I started with a, a marketing agency. Um, I didn't feel connected to marketing. Um, I didn't feel emotionally, personally, uh, heart connected to uh, marketing at all. It was a purely logical, external um, thing. Marketing was an external thing. Happened outside of me, had nothing to do with me. This is how marketing work. I don't even care that much about marketing, but I know I can travel, make a lot of money, create my life. It was a very masculine approach. Um, and yeah, so that was a very masculine approach to entrepreneurship and my business. Um, ultimately, that approach failed because I didn't really care. And this is what I teach my clients actually in my own coaching practice is... Um, if you're trying to pursue something that you don't actually give a shit about, then you're actually putting yourself at a disadvantage and you're really going to struggle to compete 
in whatever field that is. So that's what I actually what I teach my clients. And I, I learned it by making this mistake. So um Long story short, the marketing business didn't work because I didn't give a shit about it. And so when the, the problems came up, then, yeah, I mean, I really didn't have the motivation to fix them. So ultimately, mm-hmm. long story short, I pivoted into, and I, I thankfully uncovered the more feminine business that I do now, which is a business that is very much internal for me. Like it's very personal. It's emotional. It's connected to who I am. It's unique. It's creative. Um, it's personal. Um, I do a lot more personal one-on-one, a lot more people work than I used to do in marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, marketing was a lot more data and you know numbers and stuff. So, so I really me, made a... I- can I interrupt you here for a second? Oh, yeah, of course. This, this is an important distinction. I feel like, you know, you because you've been through this journey, you know how it feels. And I, I know it as well because I've, I've done the same shift. But for all the women listening, I, I think that, and so many women are in that place. Like my coaching clients are women also who are like, I mean, you know, I'm in a job that pays me well, that there are great benefits. But it's like, mm, I'm not excited. Like, there's no depth to it. I just, I just do it, you know? So how do you know? First of all, how do you know? Um, like you said, you know, there was no, like it was just dry um, and maybe just logical and external. And how do you know in your body maybe, or what would be the symptoms that you would know that, okay, like this is not your thing? Did you, how did you know it in your body or day-to-day life? Wow. Okay. This conversation we're having right this second is literally the intersection of what you do and what I do. So I just wanted to say <laughs> yes. that. So here's how you know. Um, number one, this is my first clue. And this is what I teach my clients is if you're doing something that you're meant to do, regardless of your gender, but I mean, in the context of femininity, as we're saying here, um, if you're doing something you're not meant to do, it's going to drain energy from you. Whereas if you're doing work that you are meant to do, it's going to add energy to you. Mm. So a lot of people tell me, especially my clients who come to work with me, say that they, you know, they come home at the end of their workday. It might be 4.30 in the afternoon, but it doesn't matter that they have the whole evening ahead of them because they are exhausted already. And that's an example of a job that just drains all your energy. Yes, you're going to be tired at the end of a workday, but that's not what I'm talking about here. So that's one. And two, I always ask people how, so when, you know, when you think about pursuing a certain idea or a certain business or a certain um, job, how do you feel, how do you feel about it? Like, do you feel excited, genuinely excited? Um, Or do you feel like, well, logically, this is the right thing to do. We crunch the numbers, blah, blah, blah. No, don't look at the numbers. How do you feel about it? And be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what would you say to to people? I, I recently had this discussion with a man, and it's so interesting, like how we're we're different. Because I agree with you, Anna. I feel like women, and you know, I've interviewed many, many women, and it feels. I mean, it is a fact, and you, no one can deny it anymore that women build businesses differently. Women lead in a different way. Like we're just wired differently, and it saddens me that so many people like don't even see that or acknowledge that and you know and I find that through my interviews and through my work and I'm curious what 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 you have to say about this is that women just need like because we're wired um 
to perhaps, you know, look for tribes more or be more connected. Like relationships are really important for us. And actually fulfillment. And that's what I mm-hmm. say in my webinars, in my work. It's like a strong woman is not, a strong independent woman is not what we're being sold with the masculine model. A strong independent woman is one who is fulfilled because if, if you know, happy wife, happy life. Like <laughs> that's mm-hmm. our quest. And so I always tell women that it's so, it's, utmost importance is that what we do in our work has to fulfill us on a deeper level and so when you're not feeling that that's how that's how you know and like for me personally it was when I was doing marketing as well you know how I knew I couldn't care less about the numbers you know it's like I was doing them and I was in a trap because Anna you and I being ENTJs, but all the other women who are high achievers and everything, and everything, like we can do anything, right? Like we have a task and we go for it. Um, yes. But how I knew that something was missing that I I couldn't do it anymore. I was doing everything well, you know. I was being promoted. I was being paid well. Everything. But like, I didn't get up in the morning to check my open rates and my funnels and, you know, like, oh my God, like I, I wasn't fascinated or obsessed about what is the next marketing gimmick I can use in my subject lines, you know, like I literally didn't give a shit. But here, there's such a difference, like in the coaching practice, I'm literally like, I woke up one day at 4am, I'm like, like obsessed. I read a whole book mm-hmm. about coaching and I'm always looking for ways, you know, I'm listening to podcasts right now about like how the body, um, you know, develops trauma and how we can get rid of it. I'm always listening to like, you know, business coaching things and I'm obsessed with it. And that's how I know, like, I can't imagine doing anything else. Um, so do you, do, do you, do you resonate with this? Is this the same thing for you? Is this how you know also? Oh, yeah. So when I, funny story, and it's along the same lines, when I um, had my marketing business, I was supposed to keep up a marketing blog. And yet, I did not write those articles. I hired someone to write them for me because I did not like to write them. And that should have been my first clue because now I could write about career. I could write about passion. I could write about finding your purpose. I could write about it all day long. Um but yeah, I did not give a crap about writing my marketing articles. I'm like, can someone else do this, please? <laughs> yeah, love it. Love it. And it's it's this idea of flow, I think, as well. And I love how you're saying like some of the tasks that we need to do in business, um, if we're in the wrong area or in the wrong business, we just wouldn't care doing them. But if we do something that... And you know, there's whole idea like do something you love and passion and whatever. Like that's all. that also can be exaggerated. But I think... Even if you're somewhere that you are curious about, or as you, I love this concept of energy, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm tired, you're tired, like we're working hard, you know? Yes. I don't think we're working like horses though, uh, right. be- because it's not a constant push. It comes from us. You know, this work is deeply transformational and we're deeply fulfilled by it. So at the end of the day, I do feel tired, but it's like this, this is this like sweet sweet tiredness you know it's like I'm full I'm full at the end of the day I'm not drained and um, I think that's what you're talking about Um, okay so sorry I interrupted you you were telling us how you know there was this shift about you switching from marketing into coaching and um, yeah and we we were talking about this concept of a working horse is that what you realized that you were a working horse before yeah uh, it's funny I transitioned into my coaching 
quite naturally and before I I had started learning from you and started learning really more about the differences between men and women and the way we approach our careers and stuff. So this was all happening naturally, like exactly according to, you know, what you teach, but I didn't know it at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much it. Like this, this, Oh my gosh, it's night and day doing what I do now and doing what I did before. Um, and that's what breaks my heart. And why I do the work that I do is because people are in careers that they don't like, that they might be good at, but they don't enjoy, or they might not even really be that good at. Um, and they believe that that's as good as it gets. And that's what breaks my heart. Um, that it's, that's not as good as it gets. Like we all have strengths and you just may not be operating in yours right now. So, um, where was I going with this? But yeah, so that, that was how I got into coaching and it was just Mm -hmm. sort of Mm -hmm. very naturally and it's much more natural and, and successful. Yeah. So when you say night and day, um, can you give us a couple of examples of what, and I'm not talking about deep and I'm talking about details here, like what specifically changed? Is it the way you look at your work, at your relationship? Is it the way you go about it? Uh, how you structure your day? So I'm very curious about how you actually apply, because, you know, we can talk about femininity all day and flow and creativity, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like as modern women, and, and I think, I mean, that's, that's the main thing that I'm trying to do with girl skill and like really rediscover female success as in, and you know, I get, I get these kind of questions. I'm like, they ask me, Anna, how can you be this driven and independent and ambitious as a woman and, uh, you know, and talk about all this femininity and surrender. And I think in a lot of women's heads, these two things, which, which, which pretty much are polar opposite, I would say, you know, because mm-hmm. ambition and drive is a very masculine quality. Um, so the main question is like, how do we combine both in a way that still keeps us fulfilled as women? And how do we live in this female body? And so I'm interested and curious, and, and maybe, Anna, you don't have to have all the answers, but I'm curious about on a practical level, what have you done <clears throat> to maybe, you know, change how you go about business, your mindset, even your relationship, you want to share a couple of things about this night and day approach? Yeah, so to clarify what people are saying about those two, they seem quite opposite, but mm-hmm. um, I think that the difficulty comes from people uh, compartmentalizing career and it's either do you do it for a living or do you not do it for a living? And those things are very different. But instead, I think the feminine, and maybe that's just a feminine approach, the masculine approach is do this for a living, make money, or don't do it or do it as a hobby. But the feminine approach is much less um, compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not a matter of are you going to be a full time coach? Are you going to make your money from coaching? It's like, okay, let's start from what is. What is your passion? What is the message you want to share with the world? Don't worry right now about your career and then and then determine from there how much time do you have? How much money do you have? What's your financial situation? And then find a way to fit that feminine message, that feminine passion into into your life in a way that that works like financially and time-wise. Um I don't know if that answered your question, but I just wanted to clarify that people mm-hmm. get so hung up on females and career and career. Mm -hmm. Is she working? Mm -hmm. Is she working full time? Is she a stay at home mom? It's like, stop like putting every, like yoking everybody against everybody and just look at like, what is it you're meant to do? 
And then just figure out how to fit that into your lifestyle. Maybe that means doing it for free while being a stay-at-home mom. Maybe it means doing it part-time or full, like, who cares? There's a lot of ways to do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And this goes also with me, you know, when I started or embarked with on this coaching journey. And, you know, it's so funny, like, I do this work, but I constantly catch myself like doing what I tell women not to do, you know? I mean, because this is constant work. It never goes away. And so sure. I find it so interesting, right? Like because, and because I'm, I am influenced as well. I'm with all the other women. I'm like, I get distracted, you know? And so when I started this coaching, learning about coaching and everything, I remember I got on a call with my teacher and I was like, all right, are you going to teach me all of this structure? Uh, okay, how much money am I going to get after that? And what do I need to do? Okay, so tell me the plan A, B, C, D. She like looked at me and she's like, Anna, this is not about this. This work mm. that you're going to do with me is feminine depth first and then structure. So it's like mm. you can't build a house without having a solid foundation. And the solid foundation comes from your depth first, especially if you're a woman. So it's like, and so many women go there, right? Like my clients, like, I want more money. I want this, eh, 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 you know, and we constantly push us, ourselves towards the shiny object, which is the masculine way of doing things yeah. without feeling it, for, without feeling the space first and really feeling it in your body as well, because I do embodiment. And mm -hmm. when you do that, you feel confident and you stop being distracted actually. And you feel so true to your purpose, to what you're supposed to do to your work, that the structure becomes easy. You know, you like, you don't have to push yourself that much anymore. It's like the house starts building itself up and then wow. opportunities show up and, and all of this. So it's like a completely different approach. So I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so good. What you just said about how, that is how that describes the night and day difference between my previous mm. work and my work now is before I had a blueprint, I was building this house, um, masculine way of structure first. And then, but this house, this new business, it is, I tell you, it is building itself. So mm. little effort happens on my part. Yeah, because you're deeply connected. And this, there's this idea of resonance, which I've learned also through my coaching. Um, because you do, because you stand in your integrity, Anna, with the work that you do, and you're so deeply connected to it, it's people feel it. Like there's deep resonance to it. Mm -hmm. And especially because you're a, you're a woman, you have these innate gifts of intuition and resonance and radiance and magnetism, which is like, okay, magical words, whatever. The masculine will never understand it. But we know what it is. We know when a woman comes into the room and like everybody just like takes a breath and you don't understand what the hell just happened. And then you <laughs> turn yeah. and, and you see her. And she's just so bloody magnificent. You know, I've seen this women. I'm like looking at her. Well, besides that, the fact she's looking great. I'm like, what? And she doesn't even need to do anything. <laughs> you know, that's why I ask you, what would you do if nothing was? She's just being, you know, just the fact that you're being, there's nothing required of you. You don't need to prove anything to anyone. Men love these women. Men would give up anything. Men would make all the money in the freaking world and bring you the Jew, you know, like Pirates of the Caribbean, whatever, like bring you mm. gold treasures. Like, because that's, if you look at the whole thing, like their life, and I mean, okay, this is like exaggerated and kind of fairy tale-ish. But if you really think about this, you know, the, a man's quest is to, you know, achieve 
and succeed and and gather all these like treasures and gold and then legacy and everything. And for what? You know, it's like they have this quest to succeed and conquer, but a lot of their motivation is inherently about women and about procreation. If we look at biological, you know, biological Mm -hmm. levels. And so I just feel like understanding that is just so much more powerful than just, oh my God, okay, do, 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 you know, step A, B, C, what I need to prove to be independent and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm going on so mm-hmm. many tangents, sorry, like I get distracted. I'm not sure if this new format is actually a good idea. All good. <laughs> we'll just see where it goes and where we end up is all good. Right, right. Okay. So uh, what you said, okay, so you've discovered the depth first, right? Like feeling it understanding what you want to do and then building it there. And any other practical things that you're doing now in terms of like your day or how your mentality shifted about going about work and even about relationships? Um, yeah, I know. I'm trying to be really practical here and not go so esoteric. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I'm still far more... Um, more efficient and to-do listy than I want to be as something I'm majorly working on right now mm-hmm. is I actually want to get less done in the day and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I get a lot done, but you know, I overwork myself, I overstress myself. And so that's something I'm working on right now. So I wish I could tell you that I was like flowy and like all this stuff throughout the day, but I'm, I'm not as much as I want to be. But, um, let's see in terms of practical things, I mean, just my objectives are different. I was building it. I was trying to build an empire before. And now I'm just, I'm just trying to feel good. Like I just, if I feel good, that's a good day. If I feel aligned, if I feel I'm resonating, um, it doesn't ultimately matter how much I make in this business. And I, frankly, I expect to be, I expect I'll be making a lot because I know how to be successful. And I know that the message that I share, the thing that I teach, the world greatly needs. And whenever that's the case, Mm. then the money naturally comes. But that's literally not what I'm here for. So yeah, that's not very practical either. Sorry. (laughs) No, it is practical. I think what you're sharing is important because I've I've come to the conclusion myself and, um, you know, I realized that building my business in a feminine way that I want to build it, it perhaps is going to take longer. No, in fact, it is going to take longer than, yes. let's say, if I would be doing it as, as a man. But mm-hmm. what's important to me is that I I feel sane and not only that I feel good and happy at the end of the day about the work that I'm doing, but I also have energy, time, and space to to be with my man at the end of the day, to be with my yeah. future children. And because I know that my energy is what fuels them, you know? Because mm-hmm. if I am completely depleted and exhausted and stressed and drained, I come home and I'm resentful. And like, Nobody benefits from it. So like, where are my priorities? And so so my priorities, I mean, work is very important to me. I don't think I would be, and every woman chooses it differently. You know, there are women who are like, I'm just going to stay home with my kids. And that's that's absolutely fine. Like I'm trying to get women to, to understand that you don't bloody have to do it all, you know? And like, as you know, Anna, I, I'm going to give birth in a couple of weeks and uh-huh. uh, things are shifting and I'm completely okay with it. In fact... I'm trying to really enjoy it and surrender to it. I love the word surrender used. And so 
I think this is so important uh, what you're sharing. But I also know because you've shared with me is that you started kind of looking at your day a little bit differently. You started giving yourself a little bit more space um, in terms of your to-do list and your agenda where like you take some time off for lunch <laughs> or something like that. And it's so hard because we are building businesses, you know, and it is a masculine journey to build a business because you are building. Yeah. So I think we should switch our language to like creating a business rather than mm. building. Love it. Yeah. And tell me about surrender and femininity in the relationship. How have you been surrendering or if you have? Mm. Yeah. So, um, when we talk about surrender, so I've been reading a book called the surrendered wife, uh, can also just be the surrendered partner. You don't have to be married to read it. And, um, it's about, basically it's about releasing so much effing control. Can I say fuck on this podcast? Please do. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's about releasing so much fucking control. <laughs> and I think a lot of women in relationships, uh, myself very much included, we are, are trying to seize control over everything. And at least half the time, our partner's like, okay, here, have control. And then the woman's resentful because they're in charge of everything, but they ask to be in charge of everything. Like mm. you can't have the control without also having the responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that actually goes back to your webinar, your message, Anna, of exhausted, overworked, resentful, tired. You know, that's how women get there in their relationships. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And I love how you... Isn't that interesting? It's like, I want to be in control, but but I really don't. And so a lot of women, David Data talks about, I find it fascinating, you know, when he, it's like a woman's brain and her chemistry and hormone and everything that's going... It's like, we, there's so many games we play. So we say from one side, it's like, I want to be in control and I want to be independent and I want to be strong. But then on a deeper level... And I know, like, I've because I've talked to these women and I've been there myself, the highly amb ambitious and driven women, like if you talk to the CEOs, these women, they would bitch about no man being around, right? They're, they can't find a man. They're not in a relationship and they want to be strong and independent, blah, 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 blah. But deep down inside, they want a man who would take their hand, perhaps bend them over, you know, mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. just freaking lead them where she can surrender finally because all of her days are filled with control, responsibility, decisions, mm -hmm. a very masculine approach to life. But in her body, because she has a female body and she has a womb that bleeds, you know, we have all vaginas that were completely disconnected. So it's like this kind of controversy going on in women's minds and bodies, you know? And it's, it's exactly what you said. From one side, we want control because I don't know why, because we need to control things. But from another side, we're kind of testing him. And this is, this is actually women testing their men. As in like, are you going to step up and let me do this? Or are you going to be, you know, or are you going to let me take control? And a lot of men, because they are themselves are not on the journey or on the masculinity, they let us. And so that's the whole paradox. But deep down inside, we don't want that, you know? So that's mm -hmm. really interesting. That book is awesome. So we're going to put it in the, um, in the um, you know, tools and resources. So before we finish with some of the, maybe some other books and, and like perhaps you follow some people online or something like that. I really want to talk to you. Have you seen strong female models in your life that you wanted to 
um, just exemplify and you thought this is the way to go. I mean, or maybe you just saw these, you know, dynamics as the normal way to go and that that's how you went. Perhaps there were some defense mechanism that you can do it all and everything and it's just the way you saw people behaving around you. Yeah, so... I think it goes back for me and maybe for a lot of those listening, I'd love to hear feedback, you know, via comments or, or whatever for those listening mm-hmm. and hear what you think about this. Um, but for me, I, I don't know. I was very good in school. I think a lot of women, a lot of women were not all of them, of course, but I was very good in school. And when I achieved then everybody applauded me. And so that's where I learned how to get my self-worth. Um, and so achieving, achieving, making straight A's. Ooh, everyone, all the adults around me, teachers, parents, like everyone um, loves me when I achieve. So let me do more of that. And I've heard others talk about this. I've heard Rachel Hollis talk about this specifically recently on a podcast interview with um, Lewis Howell. Um, How? what's his name? Anyway, um, yeah, yes, everyone should check him out, check out that interview. But anyway, um, yeah, so I think I just got kind of addicted to achieving and it's because no one said, I mean, no one told me it's like, you are valuable in and of yourself and talking about those women who can just be, that's because they know that they are valuable if they don't accomplish anything or achieve anything. And that doesn't mean to say that they shouldn't or that they don't want to achieve anything. And I, I still want to achieve things, but I don't want my whole self-worth to mm-hmm. be attached to my achieving things. And that's where I went wrong before. So yeah, a whole life, a li- a whole life of just achieving and gaining my self-worth from that and not realizing that my self-worth comes in who I am innately. Yeah, and I feel like this is a universal concept, not only for women, but for men as well, like for everyone. Um, and, you know, Tony Robbins talks about this and pretty much <clears throat> all the personal growth stuff. And I think the work you do, Anna, Anna and me, it all comes back to, you know, majority of issues people have or with, with you know, self-worth, confidence, whatever, comes from these deeply down, deeply rooted beliefs in terms of, I'm I'm not enough. I don't deserve this. I'm a failure. You know, mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. Um, I was on a coaching call the other day, and I was like, "Holy shit!" It was it was it just blew my mind when I was coaching a woman, and we talked about love and how how women some women don't even know what that means. And as you mm-hmm. said, like achievement, I had I had to earn love mm-hmm. <laughs> as a little girl. I had to earn it with grades, you know. Yeah. And of course, I grew up in Eastern Europe. That's like love in Eastern Europe is, <laughs> especially in parents and children. It's like let's not get there. But it's it's amazing, right? It's like, and then as as little girls, we we we, we learn that we're like okay. If I bring home good grades, if I mm-hmm. achieve, then I'm going to be loved. And then we, we take these be- deeply, deeply rooted beliefs that obviously we don't realize that they're there. Mm-hmm. And then we take them on into our lives, into our relationships, into our works. We start overpleasing our partners. We start overpleasing yes. our boyfriends. We start proving everything to everyone. And some women carry that into their 40s and 50s up until they meet me or you, Anna. 
and then we or other you know coaches yeah. out there or whatever yeah. they're like holy shit like how do i rebuild that how do i come from a place as you said there's nothing required of you you don't need to prove anything to anyone you are enough without your titles without your qualifications mm-hmm. without your jobs and i feel like so many women today chase that that you know piece of paper or that ring <laughs> or that stamp in their passport to further validate that yes i am enough you know i i did this i achieved this and so oh my goodness the new way of being an embodied woman especially in women you know because we carry we have so much power within within just our bodies and just being and our energies that i feel like it's so important to work on this <sighs> All right. This conversation yeah. is coming to an end, unfortunately. Oh, I'm sad because this is just, I have never seen so much synchronicity between what we do. I'm just, I'm actually amazed. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, wow. So everybody, I feel like all my clients should just go to Anna next or whoever, you know, I don't know what would come first, actually. <laughs> it really depends, right? What is the most pressing yeah. issue? Um, but okay, Anna, yeah, tell us quickly. Um so you've mentioned the Surrender Wife book. Are there any books in, 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 you know, in relation to what we talked about today that you would like to recommend? It's time for tools and resources on Girl Skill. Yes. So um, I mentioned Rachel Hollis and I haven't actually read her book, um, Girl, Wash Your Face, but um, Mm. those might be, you know, your listeners might be interested in her interview or or even the book. um, So that's a good resource. And then um, books. So I also, I recently read Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, which is like a really old Mm. book that probably a lot of people have already read, but it was new to me. Very uh, helpful in my own relationship and understanding, understanding even just the way that I, you know, talking about the wave, Anna. So like just the way that I work, I mean, outside of my relationship. So that's a good one. Um, Also, I mentioned in our last recording that is, that it's not published that um, Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life. um, I told you that at that time I understood like, like 70% of it upon first audiobook listening. And so I'm going to have to go back and listen more, but there is just, I mean, so much awesomeness in that book. So I highly recommend that one as well. Mm, I love Jordan Peterson. He's like my, my hero. I know there's so much controversy going on around this guy, oh, yeah. but like, <laughs> I absolutely love him. Um, all right. Awesome. And so besides, besides Jordan Peterson, um, do you have any other kind of people or, um, you know, kind of influencers that you follow within, within this, you know, besides me, of course, uh, <laughs> yeah. that you've been learning from? Um, actually, I forgot to mention a, a book. Oh, two books that changed my, it, was, it wasn't just, I guess the universe was trying to teach me something back in 2015. It wasn't just my two Vietnamese roommates at the time who mm-hmm. taught me femininity. Two books I read at the time that I think are awesome, awesome reads. One is um, Marie Forleo has a book about dating and it's called How to... Uh, how to make every man want you or how to make yours want you more. And that is basically a crash course in femininity. So Mm -hmm. that's a great resource. 
awesome book, super easy read. And then the other book I read at the time is called Why Men Love Bitches. Have you read that one? No, I haven't. (laughs) Oh, that one is so awesome. I mean, that tells you to, yeah, it teaches you how to stand up for yourself and how to have some freaking self-respect for once and how that is going to make men just very attracted to you. And uh, those books were super helpful for me. Oh, I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for coming here and uh, having this discussion with me. I know it's, um, you know, this subject is controversial and it's very sensitive mm-hmm. and it's very personal. So I really appreciate all the, everything you've shared with us. And, um, you know, it's every woman's choice to how much she wants to share. And I know there are deeper stories and things like that, but I, I think we had a great discussion that's going to be of benefit to every woman, every listener. So awesome. I uh, thank you so much. And uh, please tell us. So for every woman listening, um, which I obviously highly recommend your work because you're really helping women who are in their careers and they're like, oh, you know, this is just draining. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I'm just chasing that, the benefits or whatever, whatever. Um, Tell me, uh, tell us all, where can they find you? Um, and how could they perhaps get in touch with you and work with you if they want to really live live this life of fulfillment and even start their own business? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can find everything at annawickham.com. And um, you can also sign up there to request a call with me and we can, you know, we can talk one-on-one. If you're, you know, if you're feeling like you're ready for a change in your career, you'd always love to be your own boss. You're not sure what that looks like, then yeah, we could be a good fit. So check out annawickham.com and see, you know, see what resonates there and you know, we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we'll we'll link to everything uh, that you mentioned, Anna. Anna, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. uh, Thank you so much. Absolutely. Bye. All right. So hope you enjoyed this episode with Anna from Oklahoma. If you are someone who is really struggling with their job that is not fulfilling for them, uh, for you, I highly recommend, or actually if you have a girlfriend uh, that is struggling with it, I highly recommend that you talk to Anna. Anna, contact her because she she's a great coach. She will help you get to where you want to get. If you want to be an entrepreneur, have your own business and are ready to invest in yourself and take the next step forward, Anna, Anna is your girl. So all of the links and everything where you can find Anna and all the books uh, that she's recommended, um, you can find at girlskill.com slash 91. This is the link that you send to your girlfriend who is in this position where Anna can help her or basically who needs to surrender and lives in that um, kind of spot where Anna and I talked about. Send her to that or share the podcast straight from your, from your podcasting app wherever you're listening to. And again, um, a review on iTunes. It would be amazing if you leave a review. I'd be highly grateful. Charge your karmic energy, girl. And... Uh, Also send me a message if you really like this episode. I would love to hear from you, get to know you more. And uh, yeah, just connect with you on a deeper personal level. All right. Uh, Wishing you an awesome week ahead with whatever is coming, uh, full of femininity and womanhood. (laughs) And I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Girl Skill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode. And never forget that your version of success is uniquely yours to live and experience. Until next time, let's continue redefining female success together. Girlskill.com. Female success redefined. Redefined.